A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Both sets of my grandparents were married 60 years. And uh, at the... 60th anniversary, uh, one of them, I hosted this thing, and I said, Dottie, my girl, what, what's it been like? And she did this glowing thing, and I said, DB, he's very crabby, what, what's it been like? And he goes, Christ, you only get 30 for murder. Welcome to Divorce Party. I'm Monica Casey here with Tom Arnold. Our guest today is a former Las Vegas poker player. He's a divorce dad with three kids and his Instagram handle is WTF Divorce. And he posts some of the funniest divorce memes I've ever seen. Please welcome to the show, Rob Roseman. When I was doing your intro this morning, I was saying how your Instagram is my favorite of the divorce Instagrams. Um, I, it's, you. you know, it's like every time I'm looking for funny memes, you know, there's, there's, it's hard to find the really good ones. You yeah. know, there's a lot of like sort of hack cheesy ones that yeah. I'm just like, no, I'm not reposting that, but you, you find the best ones. <laughs> I mean, credit to the, there's so many amazing comedians and creators out there that I'm like, yes. and I was a little worried at first. I was like, do they mind me sharing? And they're all so excited. So I think it's so great. We're all helping each other. We got to exactly. laugh. Like, guys, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I'm late. Uh, I've had a hell of a hell of a day here. Uh, but I'm here now, and uh, you're alive. Good to see you. I had uh, I had some. Uh, you know, you get those uh, when you don't wear sunscreen when you're young. When you grew up on a farm, before they invented sunscreen, uh, but once a year you got to go get stuff cut out. <laughs> Yesterday mm -hmm. was that year, and, and some things went a little sideways. This is the good one. Oh, but it's, oh my, chest, my chest is all swollen. Uh, it, it's uh, it's oh. like that big. Back. And so after this, I'm going to go back down and, and I, I'm dreading what they're going to do. It might actually be bleeding on the side. And 
they push it. <laughs> it's so painful. Wow. Uh, but thank you for being on the show, dude. Yeah, good thank to meet you, Tom. That's a traumatic morning. I'm like uh, exhausted for you. <laughs> it's a normal morning. It's bad shit happens, you know. And uh, I posted a picture of this. I and, and and my assistant freaked out. She's in uh, Sasha. She's in Texas. And said, "You got to take that down. It's so disturbing." And I said, "Why? Well, that's the best version of what is going on here." It, and it actually, it got worse. And I, I, I want to be honest. I have skin cancer. I'm not going to die, but this is what I have to do. People share a lot of stuff, and so we had this whole, whole uh, back and forth. And I'm like, I was adamant. I did it. I'm going to be authentic. And uh, uh, she's like, "Well, what, what, what happens with the kids here?" I go, "They. Who do you think changes my bandages? <laughs> they will see it." <laughs> Sometimes you're back here, and my kids always wear sunscreen. Never, they never complain because I go, you sunscreen. Look at this. Well, it's like awareness. You're like spreading aware. I wouldn't even think to check, and now I'm like, are going to schedule my dermatologist appointment just so I can uh, nip this in the bud. Done once a year, I go. It's like embarrassing. They look in all the cracks. I'll yeah. say, and we'll talk about this probably. This is one of the things when you get divorced as a guy. I was, my wife would probably like, did you get your appointment? And like, I probably hadn't gone to the dentist in a year and a half after I got divorced because I was like, I got to remember to do this stuff. Describe your life. I, I say all the time, like uh, dads, especially, like we just, you know, you get through the divorce and you're like, all right, I did it. And that's when a lot of it starts because now you're uh, parenting. You're co-parenting, like Tom said, the school's emailing me. I'm like, I, I get an 82 emails, <laughs> the kids' doctor's appointments. There's clothes at one house that are not at the other. And it's like overwhelming. I mean, look, we probably gain a lot of respect for moms after uh, getting divorced because a lot of them handled a lot of this stuff. So uh, yeah, that, that thing you said, underwater, I feel that daily. There's a lot of things you don't think about uh, uh, with divorce. And, yeah. and you guys are co-parenting. Do I do I understand that correctly? Yeah, I am, and pretty amicably. But I always say, even that makes things uh, tricky. You know, it's not. And this is this is your. So it's interesting. Your fourth divorce, but is this your first with kids from a divorce? Yeah, it's all so kids. way different. I mean, I'm probably dismissive of it, but sometimes when people tell me they're divorced and they don't have kids, I was like, oh, I'm sorry you broke up with your boyfriend. You know, yeah, it's like, oh, right. it's, it's, it's it's about money and there's sort of a system and that's what it's about. You know, people get, can be, including myself, can say shitty things and do shitty things or get petty, but it, you know, then they, they usually move on and you, you work the financial things out and then you move on and, uh, but when you have kids, it is more complicated. It's, it's so funny, the like the dynamic shift when dads have to start, you know, being on. Because even yesterday, I went to pick up my daughter. And on my way to pick her up, I look at my phone to see if any, I had any texts. I had been working all day. And all I got was the emoji with like the spinning eyes, like somebody's going crazy or like tripping on acid from my ex-husband. And I was like, well, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? No get up there and he's just so exhausted. You know, he's had her for, I think one and a half days, you know, just so exhausted and, oh, the dogs and then her and I've just, I haven't slept. And I was like, yes, it's called being a mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you feel a little bit like validated when you see like him, like, yeah. yep, this is hard. Yeah. Like this good is- moms are amazing. I, I, I did not have a good mom growing up. My dad raised us. I've seen a lot of great moms and man, you know, that's why when I'm with my kids, you know, you see them at school, pick up and drop off and 
you watch how they, you know, there's moms with, with kids in three different schools. And they're oh, not- Especially in LA. not like me sad clouding because my daughter doesn't want me to walk her to the door now. Being sad, they're like, okay, that's it. No, I'm not walking you. I got to go over here and go over here. And and there's nothing better in the world than a, a, a great mom. And, you know, but also, uh, it, you know, you as a great dad, there are styles differences with all, even happily married people, whatever that is, that raise a kid, suddenly you have a little bit different style. Were you a part, you know, were you married for, a, I mean, you had three kids, so you must've been married for quite some time. Um, was it a shock when you guys parted ways or was it time? How old are your kids, How old are your kids buddy? At least three years, right, Monica? I had to be yeah. married at least three. Yeah. 11, 11, nine and six, boy, boy, girl. Oh, wow. Yes. If you interviewed me uh, three years ago when I first got divorced and I had a seven, five and two, you would have seen a different Rob where I was like, my head was literally exploding. Um, but yeah, we were married nine years together, 13. We used to, uh, I mean, I'm an ex-professional poker player in Vegas. So we had a very different lifestyle where I was working at night and, you know, we kind of made it work, yeah. but uh, we moved to Georgia, where we are now, for her career. So it was kind of like I retired from poker, and now I'm going to be dad, super dad, entrepreneur. And then, as you know, with little kids, it's stressful, new environment. And we just kind of disconnected. Didn't wasn't like this obvious, like, throwing plates at each other. We need to get divorced, which I think a lot of uh, married couples go through. It's not always that obvious. And for me, as a guy, I'm like, well, yeah, we got three young kids. Like, what do you expect? Like, we're not going to be sleeping together every night. This is just life. Right. But, uh, you know, we did like couples counseling. And I think we just quickly learned this is probably not going to change. So maybe while they're young, we get ahead of it and do it while we're amicable. So, yeah, it was a little it was definitely a little surprising to me and my friends. And I think I even heard Tom speak about this uh, on a podcast with Daryl. It's like, usually guys do not initiate the divorce. I think the stats are like 90% yeah. because I think we're kind of, and I'm curious your thoughts, like we're kind of just content being like a little bit miserable. We're like, eh, I'll sleep in the basement if I have to. Plus we don't, and, want, to uh, we don't want to be a bad guy. We'll, we'll give her yeah. the honor of uh, uh, filing for divorce. Yeah, and, and uh, it, you know, a, a real man or woman will just do the thing. And, and what I found in my last <laughs> marriage is, she said, since we were first together, I want a divorce. And she kept saying, I said, just wait, everything's going to be. And then one day I realized, oh, no, uh, this is not going to change. She did want me out of the house, too. And I said, you know, it was in my house. But I said, um, I'm not leaving the kids because I have a bad feeling if I leave that door that you're going to withhold the kids from me. I'll live in the garage. We had a nice little thing I built for the live-in uh, housekeeper. I lived there, and then eventually I said to the lawyer, I'm, I just got to do this. Let's file these papers today, you know, and uh, I did, and, uh, you know, that was, you know. That Rob, was so I kind of touched on this earlier. How So once, you know, like you said, once you finally do get the, the divorce, that's when, you you know, everything really begins. How long after your divorce did you decide to get involved in the business or the world of divorce? <laughs> 
Yeah, well, it was not intended. And if you'd have told me I'd be talking to you guys about divorce six years ago, I'd be like, I'll give you a million to one. Like, there's no shot. Um, but for me, I did it. It happened right when COVID started, 2020. So it was like this weird confluence of events. Like, is it because we're divorced? Is it because we're all staying inside? Like, why are we losing our mind? Is this even a good time to do this? Sure, let's rip the Band-Aid off. But for me, I was just like, uh, you know, you get that adrenaline at first when you're divorced. I'm free. I can parent how I want. And, but then quickly that turns into like you get these lows where like, uh, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I got a two-year-old crying for mommy at 4am. I'm like, I'm going on dates now. Cause that's what guys do is we hop right on the dating apps. And I'm like, this is a foreign world. So what I found was like on Instagram and clubhouse, this audio app of all places, there were like people and even men having these conversations about like, I'm be honest, like dating after divorce was kind of the first avenue that I think a lot of people, especially men, start to learn about it. But they would talk about all these things. And I was like, God, this is such incredible information from people that have gone through it. It would be cool if like I could share this with more people. I like send it to my friend who's divorced. And he's like, oh, that's amazing. So about six months later, I was like, I'll spin up a podcast, start interviewing some of these coaches and comedians, people that have gone through divorce. And it just kind of Make, you know, making it a little lighter, a little more relatable. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of grown since then. So it is a little, it's interesting because, you know, it's kind of weird talking about divorce when your ex is like, are they listening? And try to be respectful, but like, yeah, it's a weird thing where you want to be open and vulnerable, but you also like, you know, the boundaries, it's, it's a little confusing, but I just try to be respectful, but keep it authentic and relatable too. Same. And I think for us too, we try to make it about also more the guest instead of us just like, you know, I'm like, you know, cause I've had to have those conversations with my ex. Like it's not, I'm not bashing you. You know, I know he listens some from time to time, you know? Um, and some days he's like, Oh, it's so great what you're doing. And other days it's like, you're welcome to find mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like being a performer, being a comedian, for instance, you had a lot of your materials about growing up, your family, and then you invite your family to see the show and they are not supportive or the way you want them to be. And then you say, okay, I'm not going to do that material anymore, but, uh, but you have to, you have to talk about your experience. Uh, I don't care. I've had X, Y's write books that were not flattering of me. Um, I don't care. They could write uh, what they could do what they want. I'm not going to, you know, that's their experience. And, and, uh, so Rob, you said you mostly started kind of interviewing dads because like you said, a lot of men don't talk about it. What, I mean, how has it helped you talking to so many men about divorce and like the, I guess the community you've created? Yeah, I think for me, it was like the feeling that I we try to talk to in, at WTF Divorce is feeling of like, I'm alone. I'm the only one going through this. My parents, my family doesn't understand it. My married friends are, yeah, they're probably jealous. They want the highlight reel of the dating app. So there was this like isolation that I felt and talking to other guys, hearing that like, oh, they've gone through it too. Um, it was just really like comforting to know, okay, I'm not the only one going through this. And uh, yeah, it's just like real. I think you, when you find other people going through something you're going through, you can relate to them. In a lot of ways, I say it's almost like before you had kids to after you had kids, you just don't really understand what it's like. And I think divorce in a lot of ways 
is like that. You just don't get it until you've gone through it. And I think men, especially like when they hit their forties, fifties, they're not making new friends. And like, it can be very dangerous to your mental health and everything. If you're not connecting with other people and, or even seeking therapy, it's just like, we don't do these things naturally. So hopefully this is a little bit of like a nudge that like, you're not the only one going through this. You'll make it, but it'll, it'll be hard along the way. Monica's was the first in her group to get divorced. And, and I said, and I think this, that what first person in a group of people, couples that gets divorced, you know, people be like, oh, that's a, but they're also nervous. You know, they, they don't want the stink of divorce to rub up them, you know, and uh, which is also why if you find out one of your buddies is cheating on his wife, who your, your wife knows, I did this once to make myself look good. I'm like, hey, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Brownie is uh, cheating on uh, Susie. And uh, I just wanted you to, you know, because I think she'll go, well, that reminded me. I'm married to a guy that doesn't cheat. He's amazing. Thank you for reminding me that. You're amazing. But what she really did was called the wife immediately and said, I, I Tom said that this happened. And then Brett, my buddy's like, what the fuck? That, you know, now I, and I go, well, I was trying to make myself look good. And, and <laughs> I guess we can't hang out anymore either. <laughs> so, but yeah, it is a lonely place. And, and you have an interesting personality too. You know, you seem very sensitive and uh, for a pro professional gambler. But yeah, <laughs> so it's a brave thing to, to do that. It was brave of Monica to start doing that. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, what's your custody thing? Do you have a custody arrangement? Do you have, uh, what's that look like? Yeah, so we're 50-50. You know, when she has the days, we've tried the week on, week off, two, two, three, every, it's enough to drive you crazy, but equitable split. When they're with her, they're with her. When they're yeah. with me, they're with me. Like Monica was saying, you kind of run. You have a little bit of your own rules at your own house. Uh, but yeah, it's amicable, but it's still very complicated. And like, even like a text message that feels harmless, like you're, you know, when he wrote you the googly eyes, it's like, do I have to read into that? What do I say back? Like, there's all these little things that you just didn't really have to deal with before you were divorced that like, it just, it takes up a lot of mental bandwidth and emotional bandwidth that like yeah. I, I wasn't prepared for. So I'm always like, it's like a muscle. I feel like you have to constantly like thicken your skin and get used to how do I respond to this and that. And you wrote a book called Dad, The Best I Can. Can you tell us about that? So when I was married, I actually wrote it right right when I got divorced. But uh, yeah, I, have a, I had a podcast called Dad, The Best I Can, where I would interview like dads that were entrepreneurs, comedians, athletes to talk about like, because I kind of felt this before even divorce. I was like, even being a dad's kind of lonely. Like my friends don't talk about what it's like to have a screaming kid at 2 a.m. Like we just didn't talk about it. So I would interview these guys and they were like, oh, I'd love to talk about it because my friends don't want to hear about it. So I kind of compiled, you know, 50 of those interviews, like the best parts into a book. And it's almost like a, here's 50 tips from dads about, awesome. you know, yeah. So it was, uh, it's fun. I guess like it's, and I think this is something like Tom alluded to, like, this is such a generational change that I feel like we can like break this, you know, stigma. People are going to get divorced. How can you act when you're divorced? People, dads are going to be more involved. So it's like, 
we have we are doing a you know a great thing i think for future generations to show that like this is a part of life and instead of just you know losing your mind like you can't you can do that too but like you can also figure out like a healthier way to live and you can do there's nothing that a mom can do that you can't do i mean you may do it a little bit differently you know from day one i took every night shift changed every diaper and I feel like it's been money in the bank because people, might, they're like, those kids are so small, they don't know, but they do know. And mm -hmm. mom's got a nine-month head start. They're, they're sharing a central nervous system, so dad has <laughs> to, to catch up. I think, uh, we, you know, it is different. We do, my dad was unusual being a single dad back in Iowa those days. And uh, he had to go to court to make that happen. And, you know, uh, even now, and, and I don't know if I mentioned this before, but my lawyer at first said, uh, what do you want? I said, 50-50 custody. And he's like, no, you don't. He said, wait till they're seven or eight and they're fun. I go, I'm old. I don't know where I'll be if they're seven or eight. I had these kids to raise them. And I'm going to do, and, and uh, you know, because in the day, the mother, uh, you know, this 50-50 thing is, is fairly new. But it is the best thing for the kids. And you say about every other week is how we do it. And because of all the hostility and contemptuousness, uh, coming from one side, the idea is we don't, I drop off a of school Monday morning, she gets a Monday to the next Monday, we work out the other stuff, but the less contact. Mm -hmm. How has, um, how has being a former professional poker player yeah. helped yeah. you? I want to know how that's helped you be a dad or helped you when you were navigating your divorce. And you said you retired. What does that even mean? You retired from Right. That, yeah. that means I stopped playing uh, four days a week at the Bellagio and I moved. So I kind of now if I play, it's with buddies for fun. Uh, yeah. But like in terms of playing for a living, I don't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, lessons, you know, my I don't know what, know what you call your ex father in law, but he used to say you have you have the patience of a dead man. So it's like <laughs> as, a, as a dad, especially you just need to, you know, let things yeah. just roll off you. You're gonna and in poker, you know, I made money every year, but I would lose forty percent of the time. So you're dealing with a lot of failure, a lot of like I did the right thing, but it just didn't work out. So easier said than done. Well, kids can trigger your own kids and your ex can like push buttons in you that nobody else could. So yeah, you know, when your kid is crying that they want this at their mom's house and it's just these little things, you really have to just like almost numb out, breathe take a walk sometimes, but yeah, dealing with a lot of adversity uh, is a very important uh, skill to develop when you're a parent in general, but a divorced parent is like the PhD level on top of that. My ex's original custody proposal was the son all the time here, and then sometimes I'd see the daughter, and I said, no, no, I, I'm not going to have my daughter that's so Please. like 1950s the boy mm -hmm. goes and lives with the dad and the girl lives with the mom <laughs> but but it you know what it works and when you do have the conflict um i i don't talk about their mom i don't they'll say guess what happened at mom's house this weekend you want to know and i go absolutely not i and i well she wasn't home all weekend i go that sounds like seriously that sounds like a great weekend yeah how does I, it work in your house do we try not to talk about what's going on in the other person's or is it just whatever you hear you just kind of gotta let it roll yeah well the one thing and it takes practice is like uh you have to you, you really what i've been taught i didn't know these things you really just want to listen to your kids so if they 
are talking, don't try to fix it. Like I'm always like, oh, that's not a big deal or... I'm sorry, I'll take you. That's our instinct. I think as men, especially, we just want to like, right. but I and think we don't want to invalidate their feelings. Right. So it's like, that must be hard or like, how'd you feel then? And, you know, it just, it's, I think really kids just want to be seen and heard. And the other thing is like Tom said, we have that guilt of like, oh, I'm putting my, my kid's crying because she's not with her mom. That's, but I think we forget like the, we all like paint this rosy picture of like, oh, if we were just the happy family, we, I mean, we, we did pretty well, but most people are not the happy family. So remember to compare the kid crying and the shit show of your co-parenting or single parenting to the fighting, the, how toxic it was. And you realize like your kid crying for mom or all these things are so much healthier for them and for you than what the real alternative actually was. Yeah. I feel that the kids, whether it's Monica's of one beautiful kid or you're three or by two. I think that every, and I keep saying that this house is a laboratory for every relationship you'll ever have. I love that you brought up the generational, you know, the general, we're, we're just doing it differently. I mean, it's so funny that I feel like, especially with Tom, you know, growing up, your parents just left and there wasn't like this whole legal battle that bled everyone dry. I mean, my mom left with me, I think when I was one years old, drove across state lines, just went back to live with her parents. And there was no CPS or no lawyers involved. She just took me, you know, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's kidnapping these days. Mm -hmm. Um, But people, that's just how people ended it back then. And it's such a different uh, way to do it now that can also be just so mentally draining and emotionally. And I mean, I guess maybe it was easier back then. I have to say what really happened with my parents. This is 1960. Uh, four or something, uh, you know, I forced, and my mom w- said she wanted us. My mom was an alcoholic. She was an addict. She ended up being married seven times. They got married. She was 16. Dad was 18. Uh, and he knew that was a bad deal. So they got, he said, well, his parents paid for both uh, their lawyers and they went to court. Back then, the mother always got the kids. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And then finally court came and that the day that I, the four-year-old Tommy was going to go on the stand and basically say, who do you love more? Your mom or your dad? Uh, my dad gave up. He's like, oh. I can't get to my kid. And the next day she came out to his office with a, and said, here's the keys to the house. And the kids are with the babysitter and they're all yours. After going to court for three months, mm-hmm. yeah, she realized, which is the greatest gift she ever gave me. 
And I, you know, the reason I was able to forgive her is because she knew that was the best decision for, for the kids. She was mm -hmm. being a good mother. She goes, yeah, he will, he's not chaos. He will take care of them. That, that decision. And it had to be hard because, you know, you, you're a mother, you like, you know, uh, mm -hmm. but sometimes those decisions, uh, you know, that, I mean, now, <laughs> now, so that was unusual. Do you feel like now, especially because you have this, you know, podcast and all these things, do you have just men reaching out to you all the time or friends that like, you kind of have to like put a little bit of a arm's length to not get you know, emotionally drained of people wanting you to talk about it all the time now that you've sort of opened the can of worms. Yeah, it's very true. And I, I had that impulse at first where I was like, oh, I can help you. We can get through this. But then they'd be spewing all of their terrible. And I was like, I'm already exhausted. This is too much for me. So yeah, I have had to learn. And really with dating, with all these things, our boundaries are the one thing that we probably did not do well in divorce. And it's uncomfortable, but like, now it's boundary with a friend or boundary with an old, I don't want to really hang out with this person anymore. Uh, so yeah, I've had to learn to like, you know, keep people at arm's length, but like you, I'm, I'm kind of one of the first people in my friend group to get divorced. So I have a feeling like kids get to high school, they'll be, uh, they'll be coming for advice, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky balance when you want to help people, when you want to listen, but you yeah. also right have to learn like, this is draining me and I'm already drained. Yeah. Did you, um, did you have a divorce party? Did you, have you been to one? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even really know this was a, I, I didn't know any of this stuff was a thing when I was divorced. I think it's like after you're like, oh, there's a divorce coach or you could have done it this way. So I yeah. didn't have that. And to be honest, like, I think, uh, I always say like, it's easier to go on dates and get on the apps than it is for like guys to get together and have fun. So I, I think that's in a lot of ways what we crave is just like, I just want to hang out with my boys, like talk about stuff, also not. And that's a really missing piece after divorce. They're kind of like, hey, how's it going? Peace out. Like, let me know. You know, we, yeah. we lose those connections. So I think that could be so we're all about the bachelor party. Maybe we should be like creating some kind of new tradition. Yeah. And you said you moved, you know, you're now in Georgia. I mean, how, how did you or how have you made any new friends there? Like, what advice can you give to any man? Where are you? Do you mind saying the town? Yeah, we're in uh, outside of Atlanta, Roswell, Alpharetta area. So the burbs of Atlanta. Um, I always say, like, as a parent, I'm like, you put me in the burbs in Iowa <laughs> anywhere. And, you know, it's yeah. baseball fields and school. Yeah. What else do you really need when you're a, a kid? But, yeah, it was very weird being like, new in town with three young kids and then you're getting divorced no family here it's extremely isolating so i made a couple good friends but it's it's been hard to like and if you're friends with married people they're busy they yeah. got the wife and kids so i actually the advice i give is for people when it happens you do still need connection and it's going to be hard but that's when you can go listen to you know this podcast go on Instagram or TikTok and pull up some clips and, you know, laugh a little or just feel like you're not the only one going through it. Because I used to make fun. I was never on Instagram or any of these platforms before, probably because I was married and had friends in this <laughs> whole busy group. And now it's like, you got to really check your ego and say like, I am like lonely. I'm struggling with this. So maybe the easiest way for me to do it is to go like 
like a post or listen to something because you do feel like you know somebody when you're listening to like a conversation like this. Yeah, I also think, uh, uh, you know, there's friends in my case, like I grew up in Tumbo, Iowa, and my three best friends, guys I got arrested naked with, <laughs> we read the notebook. So my three best friends have always been there. I'm very lucky about that. And, but we don't talk all the time. It, it's a weird thing with men. Like uh, last night, the football the, on the Manning cast, that's where the Manning brothers are, they kind of get out. I, I uh, a, a girl, a woman that plays at the University of Iowa, who we know, uh, Kayla Clark was on. And then I just out of the blue, um, we're, we're tr joint texting about that. Talk about that. How's the, and then you say, how's it going? I think it's harder for men to go, you know, uh, I really love you guys. I'd like to, you know, but if it's about sports or something in the news or whatever, that's, and it can be every three months. They reach out, you're like, okay, we're back. We're here at square one. I think it's a different, it, you know, yeah. it's. Like, I think thing. group texts are definitely a good, healthy way to connect. But I do think it's got to take one of that the men in the group to be like, hey, does anybody want to go do this this weekend? Or like, mm -hmm. when does everybody not have their kids? Because I do think it's so important for, especially because we're also, you know, online and not, you know, physical or in person anymore to go have those weekends where like you go fishing or you guys do, you know, mm -hmm. I, I that's so cliche. Sorry. I didn't mean to say fishing, but you know what I mean? Or like, we're going to go dune buggying or yeah. I feel like for women, I feel like for women, like for me, what keeps me sane is, um, you know, cause everything's about our kids all the time, every day anyway. So I don't really like, like, look, I don't not look forward, but it's not what keeps me going like, oh my God, we've got Christmas coming up. But for me, it's like, oh, it's my best friend's birthday, December 1st. And we're going to Vegas and we're going to see you too. And we're going to lay by the pool and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, that's just what women do. We love to plan and do those things. And I feel like it's so important for men as well should have that. Like, I love when, uh, you know, her dad says, I'm, you know, I get a text that says, I'm thinking of going on a golf trip. And I'm like, yes, do that. Go get some sunshine, go be with other dudes and just caca, go live. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's hard about, about that too, is uh, you're, you always say you need somebody in the group to like be in charge. Yeah. What's hard yeah. that hit me is like, you're kind of expecting your friends to be like, Rob, I, let's, let's get out of here for the weekend or let's go grab a beer. They're usually as guys, like Tom was saying, they're not usually initiating that. So again, right. it falls on the divorce guy, the guy that's grieving and going through shit that needs to like say, Hey, hey Tom, you know, I'd really be nice. If we can go grab a, grab a drink, grab dinner together. And then maybe they're busy. So then we have to do it. We get like this, like micro rejection. We do it right. twice. And we're like, Eh, screw it. Nobody wants to hang out with me. And I think like women are better at like they can they just can build momentum and there's multiple people. And I think yeah. guys struggle with like they have to now I gotta like invite people to to parties too. Like this is a lot. Yeah. Also, man, I I'll speak for myself. You know, you get comfortable being alone. And uh because uh, you weren't I you know, I've had five four wives in a row, like and I get comfortable being alone and you got the kids here. And I, then I find myself using that as a as a reason I can't go hang out. Oh, I wish I could. I can't get a babysitter. I can't. I got something with the kids. And uh, because I think that because I like being alone, you know, yeah, you're not really alone when you have the kids here, but 
it just seems easier. Nobody's looking at your body. Nobody, you know, you can walk with your shirt off if you're disgusting. You can do, uh, you know, the social pressures aren't there. Um, and I think it takes courage to date. And I know you talked about, and one of these days I will. And uh, uh, people now, say- what advice do you have for Tom on dating? You know, have you oh. had some relationships or just like casual dating? Like, how's that going for you? Yeah, first year, I probably went on like 100 dates. I did not know what I was doing. I just knew like, <laughs> it was like an outlet, the reality. And and as a guy too, we we want validation that we're still hot, that like, you know, just because our ex doesn't want it. I'm like, oh, you see? So it it does feel good. But I think like the boundaries that you learn, like all of a sudden, a big muscle you need to work on is like, rejecting somebody which is really hard to do getting rejected that's a big part of dating that like and like we tom talked to it's, it's almost harder in a lot of ways for us to say like sorry this is that doesn't seem like a romantic match but like if you don't do it you're gonna end up in another relationship that you don't want to be in so i would say like try a bunch of stuff but like when you start to see the red flags that hopefully we're a little more aware of like try to like uh have nip more it boundaries, nip it in the bud, cut it off before like it gets to be. This is the time, yeah, to be like, okay, I've got a fresh slate. I can really just kind of be a harsh navigator. Yeah. But then you know what? You find somebody, like I did have a long term relationship after, and that's a whole other challenge too, because now she's got three kids. I've got, I'm like, I, I barely figured out dating. I found somebody I like right. to be with. And now I'm like, I don't know how to do this. This is insane too. How long was the long term relationship? uh 18 months year and a half that's significant wow now were you so since that was such a long term i'm assuming there were times where you did things with the brady bunch of the children yeah we didn't like blend like we weren't living together but we did break that level where we all knew each other and hung out and you know even that's like uh we got along but somebody's parenting differently you kind of just have to say all right i'll do my thing or (laughs) like tom was saying like if you don't have your kids and they do you're like I want to hang out, but I also want to be alone. And now that kind of feels bad and weird. So there's all, you have to have a ton of uncomfortable conversations where you're probably going to hurt the other person's feelings. You're going to get your feelings hurt. And again, like coming out of a marriage or even very casual dating, that's like a whole new skill set that I'm like, I haven't done this since I was in my 20s. This is, uh, I need a course on how to be in a relationship after divorce. Well, I think it's a, as a as, when you're a good parent, and now in relationship, you run towards the fire. You know, there's hard, you have to have hard uh, adult conversations. You have to do, you know, and and because it's easy to go, okay, this seems, this seems like, uh, I, I, let's just avoid this situation. I do, I do think that somebody I date would have to have kids similar age so they can have a, that's certainly a way to get to know them and, and you know I my friends are like you should date someone your own age and I say people my age are disgusting and uh no 64 year old woman goes oh I'm looking for a guy with not much money and two little kids you never <laughs> know. but you know it's the kids then you worry about the kids relationship you know as you're developing your relationship and then you realize well some of the kids don't like each other as much and you know it's not like the Brady Bunch it, it isn't yeah it's a lot of balls in the air that you have to like navigate that can be stressful so i do think you need to like i almost think it's like we should go into couples therapy just to start learning how to have these conversations because it's uncharted uh 
territory for like both we've had people. four dates i'm really liking you would you like to be my partner in couples therapy and see where this goes <laughs> yeah, before maybe we introduce the kids and like the, how do we have a conversation where like i don't like this because you do it in front of their kids and it's it gets weird well, and, and there's other people's the baby daddy or baby mama like yeah they have x you're it's like you really are you like to a flow chart and you're like i got this person with these kids and this sex i got three kids and this sex and like even if you like and love them it's very it can be very challenging so a lot of people told me like oh i didn't really like get into relationships till my kids were older but i'm like my kids are 11 9 and 6 what do you want to wait 12 years like i gotta yeah, like live my life too to go yeah that was the whole point of getting divorced so i could have like this you know experienced life the best thing you could do is is get in a loving relationship with somebody and have your kids see that. Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, when you go through divorce, a lot of times they see kind of the wrong end of stuff, or their, you know, uh, they their reality is a little. So there, it's it's important that they you go. Oh, by the way, if if you have a a high conflict divorce, go people do like me. I say to my son, I said all the time. Hey, remember when especially during COVID, remember we used to walk around and women would just start. Right, coming up and kissing your dad, man. I, go, I don't remember that. I go, yeah, that's how it is out there. That's how it is in the world because they mm -hmm. love your dad. And I, you know, I, sometimes I got to keep him away. He goes, I don't see anybody that. that loves <laughs> oh, it, it happens. It'll, let's go to Ralph's. I'll show. I'll make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really good. It, it's super brave that you to me that you dated. It, the dating world is so different than from what I started. And I did do that thing where. We had a fight. We're not okay. Let's get married. Instead of we had a fight, let's go. You know, let's go our separate ways. Mm -hmm. I, I think let's get married so we can really work on this thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and obviously that fails, you know. But uh, but I've done it, and I uh, I've done it four times. I, so I know. don't think any of us. I mean, to be honest, like we always assume, oh, we're fifty, sixty, our parent. Nobody really knows what they're doing in relationships. We we think we should, but in reality, like. You've only probably done a couple and they probably didn't, they probably weren't good matches. So we have this expectation that like, oh, we're grownups now. We know how to do relationships. We're, we... a, lot of, a lot of men too. And it, it, especially my business, you know, they're, they, they're big, they, they're big on sex and they're big on appearance of the person and, and young and whatever. And they, you know, uh, I, I have seen, you know, a lot of people make huge mistakes you know, you see a buddy that keeps making that same mistake. They're like, well, you know, but that's, it's kind of their thing. But I, like he I, only dates models. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it, you know, uh, and then things end up bad. But I also think some relationships, marriages, friendships, there's an expiration point. A lot, a lot of it there. You could, a lot of great things could happen in a period of time. You were nine years. That's a long time. Your friendships don't have to last that long either. Uh, you know, I have found when when you have a friend that's something got weird or whatever, you go, well, well, we had all this good stuff we did together. I don't have to worry about putting that all back together because that's how that friendship was. That's how that marriage was. You know, that relationship, maybe there's something. And they're all lessons, you know, mm -hmm. and what a great but, lesson. I mean, we've all learned so much, especially yeah. you. But we associate, right, like longevity with success and reality, yeah. like that 80-year-old couple that's been married for 50 years, maybe they hate each other. Maybe they right? shouldn't be together. probably cheated on her 40 times and she <laughs> hook it up the ass yeah, every I, time. 
uh, there's Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter, who were married 77 years, who, by all accounts, it was amazing. And they were a great couple. My Both sets of my grandparents were married 60 years. And uh, at the 60th anniversary, uh, one of them, I hosted this thing. And I said, Dottie, my girl, what, what's it been like? And she did this glowing thing. And I said, DB, he's very crabby. And what, what's it been like? And he goes, Christ, you only get 30 for murder. <laughs> they talked at the same time. But my grandma, when she died first, the first thing he said is, I was too crabby. I, I'm sorry, I was too crabby. And, that, and those things you think about too. You don't want to, uh, uh, you think, well, it, is this worth it? <laughs> right? Is it worth being crabby or whatever? Yeah. And, and my grandma was a handful. You know, she'd make you crabby, but uh, that—that's—it's funny that you, you know, that you. Think yeah, that. that's that's so interesting, and I do think we are shifting so much of that where we're teaching our kids that you know it's okay if things wrap up and we move on and have, you know, different experiences and relationships, and it's and it's healthier for everyone instead of, um, you know, having a toxic partnership or a toxic energy in the house that's just really gonna mess up everyone and then we're just paying thousands and thousands for therapy for the rest of our lives and they people you say oh when your kids get, grow up they're gonna know who the good guy was or they, they'll know the right from wrong and, and you know that always worried me like uh the kids have to go through this everybody's just accepting it it's not okay all this madness is not okay and when they're older, oh, then they'll realize. Again, I would be very old, but there is some, there is uh, some of that. And, and what a mistake that my dad made when my mom would come over wasted and knock down the Christmas tree or whatever, my dad would just laugh. You know, he, I think he enjoyed, he would laugh. I knew that woman is not a mother. I mean, she would say it, but my little sister idolized her, all of that. And so she had a weird sense of reality and so, of course, she moved in with my mom and got married at 14 and became her drinking partner, a drug partner. Uh, and, and what I think I do is something incredibly inappropriate happens. I, I take a moment. Guys, what just happened was not okay. I don't treat people like that. I don't want you treat people like that. And then we move on. We just move on. But if you need to take a moment, you know, the same way we apologize when we fuck up. Mm -hmm. You know, really, that's something I never saw a lot of growing up. Mm -hmm. where a man uh, uh, or or a mother would apologize, would sincerely apologize. Like that's a, you know, that's that's progress, I think. Well, and that's something that's kind of hard to do in a, in a dysfunctional marriage. But when you're a dad alone, you could be like, you know what? I lost my temper there. That wasn't cool of me. And that like repair that you just did, like that could change your whole kid. Like he might have healthy relationships because he experienced that because you're now out of that marriage that you're able to like, you know, learn these new habits. And you do remember, I remember the twice that my dad apologized. You know, I don't remember a thousand times, he whatever, but I remember viscerally sitting there. At one time, our babysitter who was deaf uh, had hearing aids, these super hearing aids, and uh, my brother swallowed one, my little baby, and it was small. And we had to sit there and wait for him to poop, poop it out. And uh, and dad was yelled. He goes, how could you let that, your little brother, whatever. And then he uh, left and they came back and said, I'm, of course, it's not your fault. I'm sorry. But it was my fault. I put it in his mouth. But yeah, just watching this man 
apologize. I mean, that really, you know, that, that stuck with me. And that's something I tried to do in, in all my relationships, but particularly with the kids, because you want them to apologize. Mm-hmm. How do you get them to do it if you're not going to do it? Yeah, it's so interesting that you probably do. Like, those are probably two of your biggest memories of your dad because it is some, like, human level where he saw you and he, like, acknowledged it. So, yeah. right, that's a good good lesson, a good reminder for all of us. Yeah, well, you know. And, well, uh, how can we promote you? What do you have coming yeah, up? I'm very interested in you. Give us, yeah, give us <laughs> some some things to throw out for you well well, thank you this is like i gotta be honest when i'm a guest on these it's like therapy for me so i feel already i was kind of triggered this morning by some co-parenting messages that were going back uh i'm at at wtf divorce on instagram easy to remember what the fuck divorce uh we actually have a new thing that we're doing where we have four coaches come on and they do videos instructing us like how to communicate better with your co-parent or even in Tom's case you're like parallel parent that you don't get along with when you get the message (laughs) on on OFW that says like you forgot this like Mm -hmm. they literally will be like here's here's what they said here's how your first instinct is to say it here's a way to like own it nip it in the bud so we're we're promoting that now that's on our uh, Instagram actually I made a code for your audience if they type in part party the word party and get 50% off so that's our uh our new course, our new guide that we're teaching how to communicate without losing your shit. Amazing code party for divorce party yeah. listeners. Yeah, that is a good, that's good. People need to know that because uh, when you're in a toxic relationship, the one person that's their thing. And then you, you jump in, you get triggered and you jump in, uh, you know, they, they want, that's what they want. And, and then later you feel bad. If, if there's a way to avoid what are the, the, the the things to say yeah, yeah. and these coaches are so valuable i mean i didn't i got divorced in 2015 i had never heard of a divorce coach i was just yeah blindfold you know just trying to figure it out or calling you know certain people like how do i respond to this so yeah so it's like amazing. a ghostwriter <laughs> like well even in tom's case like that response and she's like oh here's what you write thanks for letting me know no more you That's don't respond it. to the allegations. And I was like, wow. So I could just almost put that in my phone, like a copy paste, like, thanks for letting me know. Or yeah, you know, what do you think? Got yeah. it. Okay. Like everyone put that in your notes in your phone right now. Yeah. Well, Rob, you know what? Thank you because uh, because you share honestly about your life. And sometimes I'll see people that do things and or experts at things or whatever, and they don't share about, you know what they've been through. They don't share honestly. So I, I always feel it's a little harder. But when you get a guy like you that's really open and honest about his journey, you then you just start vomiting your whole journey out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, you say, this is what I needed. I need this guy. Oh, so we're not all weird. He's like me. I'm like him, which is good. He seems together. So I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to watch your stuff. Monica's going to show me how. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys. And yeah, it's really, it's good to talk to other guys that like are parenting, you know, cause like you, you, you can, it's more relatable. I think that's really what we all crave is like somebody that gets what I'm going through. So it's on us, unfortunately, especially as guys to like go out and, and find that. So hopefully we make it a little easier for people to access that kind of relatability. Thank you, buddy. I love yeah. it. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. It was a lot of fun. 
It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.